You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. So please put your hands together and welcome to the stage, Saint Ananda. Thank you. All your lovely faces. So... One of the questions I get asked the most is, what brings an American here to England? Is it love? And I will have to admit that the beginning of many an adventure starts with a woman. And this is true in this case as well. I met her online on Facebook through a mutual friend. We exchanged some comments, which led to some messages, which led to some emails, and some Skype calls, and more Skype calls, and more Skype calls. And over the many months, we grew closer. And about seven months in, I was still in the States. Had never met her, never been over here. Um, I was uh, in between jobs. I was looking to move to another part of the States and single. And she said, well, while you're in between everything, why not come over here? I'll fly you over. You can stay with me for a few months to pass this up. So I do. I meet her in person, and she's just as lovely and warm and uh, uh, wickedly clever um, and delightful as she had been um, in our long-distance um, communication. So after a few months, we, we, we got along quite nicely, and I was also very much in love with England. I just, it was like, just felt like where I should be. And we looked at the different ways. It's like we wanted to see where this was going to go. So we looked at the different ways of me being here, relocating here. And the visa options were very limited. You know, England is not really keen on bringing more people in, as you may have noticed. So we looked at marriage visa, which is way putting the cart before the horse. What a crazy thing to do. But again, life is too short. So we were at a um, same-sex ballroom competition in Blackpool, and I drug her up to the stage, and in front of the the, uh, Woolitzer, the Grand Woolitzer, I got on bended knee, and I proposed. She said yes. More importantly, I was very crucial for me. I flew back to the States, and I sorted out my affairs, Um, got my visa and and my belongings and uh, told her I'd be back before Christmas, true to my word. I caught a flight on Christmas Eve. And two months later, we had our civil partnership um, ceremony in the registry office in the uh, Great Yarmouth Public Library, where many an illustrious beginning (laughs) occurs. Yes, indeed. Two years later, I woke up breathless from a nightmare. I woke up breathless from a nightmare, and I was living in a student house that had been abandoned. In that house, the dining room table was covered with folders and um, documents and applications for immigration. 
And that was not my dream that I woke from. That was where I was. And you might be asking yourself, what happened to that lovely woman? Well, I was asking myself that same question. Within weeks of being married, she was somebody else. She was a person who couldn't, were, she couldn't acknowledge that her behaviors were causing harm to me and causing harm to our relationship. She couldn't acknowledge any of that. Um, and all the things that I tried to do to get her to cooperate, to listen, to appease her, just seemed to almost make it worse. I often say I could have like given her everything on a silver platter and she would say, she would lament how long she had to wait for it, that it wasn't what she thought it would be, it wasn't what I told her it would be, and she was too old and withered up to enjoy it anyway. So why not just leave? Well, I invested what little I had to come here. I didn't have the means of leaving. I had not imagined that any of this would happen. Um, you know, I had vetted her and met her friends who all seemed very, you know, upstanding and ethical as she did, very much so. Never imagined that this would happen. So I didn't have an out, and I was here on a marriage visa, and the way the marriage visa is, works is that you get two and a half years, uh, and, then, and then you apply again for another two and a half years, and then after five years, you know, you can absolve the marriage, you can. So I was stuffed. <clears throat> And knowing, because we'd done the research, there was no, no escape, there was no way out, I thought, well, I'll, I, I'll, just, I'll just burrow myself so deeply in the ass cheeks of England that it's going to be too much trouble to dig me out. So soon on, I, I got involved in a local inclusive theater group, which I'll plug, Total Ensemble uh, Theater Group, which is amazing and has changed my life. Um, I got a job, I got a driving license. Oh, that's not easy here, is it? They give them away in the States. <laughs> uh, I got myself a little micro after I got a job. And, um, you know, I just, like every week that it was a good week, I'm like, oh, maybe it'll be okay, maybe it'll be okay. And then it wasn't okay, it wasn't okay. And about after 10 months, I'm like, I'll just, I moved into this new shared room. I was biding my time, not knowing what to do. And I do have a little bullet point thing. When I get a little overwhelmed, I lose my track, so bear with. I appreciate it. Um, so I had to do uh, some more, as I was doing more research to see what I could do to, to save myself. <clears throat> I found that there was another means of staying here. There is an application that you can uh, apply for. If you come here <clears throat> on a marriage visa and it ends because your spouse is abusive, <clears throat> then you can apply for indefinite leave to remain. But the thing is, she didn't do anything, you know, overtly. I mean, she... Um, you know, she likes to justify her own beha behaviors and, and fancies herself the victim, as many people don't want to be the abuser, right? And she's incredibly clever. She's so clever. One of the things that drew me to her, wickedly clever. And so she would do things without not quite doing them, say them without not quite saying them, take things, words, and events, and twist them around and throw them back. And I had no idea what end was up. And as I was doing the research um, on domestic violence, I found that 
uh, England, um, the UK, uh, in different um, timings, uh, the UK, uh, uh, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, had passed a, a, a law making it illegal, uh, physical, sorry, psychological and coercive abuse behavior, illegal uh, within intimate uh, relationships and family. And they did this just in time, just when I needed it. Um, and then as I was doing more street research, I found the term um, gaslighting. And uh, gaslighting, I need to read that for you, is a form of psychological man manipulation in which a person seeks to sow seed in their own memory, perception, and sanity. Check. Um, there's a, a more full uh, definition here, and I've printed that up along with the, um, the Wheel of Power and Control, which talks about domestic abuse, and on the back are some, um, some other resources as well, if you uh, want. So the thing is, this gaslighting, it's, you know, how, how much is it, it, what's the difference between an unhealthy relationship and an abusive relationship? I'm sure we've all asked that question. Um, and how am I going to prove that? Fortunately for me, <clears throat> I'm a writer, and writing is how I get my therapy. It's how I process. And I have a uh, secret online journal that I write in, and when things are bad, I write in it more. I was writing a lot. I was writing daily or more, so I had that, that I could take screenshots with times and dates. I didn't do that because I knew I'd ever need it. And I also had a little voice in my head that would be, Keep that document. I think you'll need it. Keep that piece of evidence. I didn't know what for. I didn't know this application existed, but I knew I was in trouble. Um, so I had that. Um, and then my friend, I have emails with a friend in the States where I'm like, oh my God, she's done this now. <clears throat> and witnesses, <clears throat> she liked to hang out with her friends. She didn't want to meet mine, so my friends couldn't see what was happening. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> You're all being so grand. So she wanted to hang out with her friends <clears throat> and not around anyone that was my support. Um, and of course, you know, we all like surround ourselves with people that will uh, allow us, enable us to be in our comfort zones if that's where we want to be, and who will support our uh, worldview if that's what we feel we need. And so she surrounds herself with those friends who are dedicated to her, and no matter what they may have seen or thought, they weren't going to be a witness for me. And some friends would say, well, I don't take sides. Sometimes when you don't take a side, you do take a side. Um, <clears throat> and I wonder if somebody might have taken a side if I had been with a man. So if a man comes to you, <clears throat> excuse me, if a woman comes to you and says, my husband, he, he, um, he comes home and he, he rants and he yells, the house isn't good enough and it's not what he wants. And when I try to soothe him, he lashes out for me, uh, at me um, for not understanding. How, how would you take that versus a woman saying that her wife does that? Or if a husband says his wife, as, um, if, if a, a woman says that her husband uh, claims that he wouldn't be lashing out at her if he could have the stress relief of more sex with her, how would you take that versus a woman saying that her wife does that or a husband saying his wife does that? 
But the last one, you might think, go for it, mate. You might not. You're a good lot. So maybe, you know, in the LGBTQ plus community, we've done a lot of things and we have a lot more to do and we have to keep going, but domestic violence is not talked about a lot. If anything, I think perhaps we don't want to share, you know, hang out our dirty laundry. Um, so there's not as much support. There used to be Broken Rainbow, um, an LGBT a domestic violence uh, support line, which was helpful for me, by the way, but they're gone now. Sorry to report that. So I got my evidence together. I had, um, <clears throat> I had a piece of paper on the dining room table that I wrote out, <clears throat> indefinite leave to remain, um, <clears throat> 2015. You've got this. Get excited about every piece of evidence. I've never done anything like this before. I had no idea how to put this together. Um, but I did, and I had a 19-page report. Um, nine pages of it were instances of abuse, and I have the five folders of evidence. So it would be... You know, instance <clears throat> on May 4th, 2014, she did X, Y, Z. This is an example of this form of abuse. See folder B, document two, and folder C, document eight. <clears throat> and I got that all together. And uh, my dear, dear friend Ella, who was an absolute rock for me through all of this, lent me the 1,850 pounds to put that application in. That's money. And I knew if it didn't, if it was declined, that I had a year to appeal. So you can see why I might have woken up with a night terror, with a nightmare. The dream, by the way, I was sleeping in branches in a tree 30 meters high. Don't know why. And it was narrow branches. And I was trying to balance myself on my back. And I had to, I very specifically remember the physical memory of just tensing just the muscles I needed to stay balanced and relaxing as best I could the rest of me to get as much rest as I could. And it's occasionally a wind would blow and knock a branch to hit me, so I had to be ready for that too. And I woke up breathless with a sense of falling, falling fast. And I woke up thinking, this is my new normal, because I don't know what's gonna happen next. I was told it would be five months when, uh, before they had a, um, a decision five months before a decision. <clears throat> but five weeks later, I got a package in the post. It was like one of those plastic A4 things, you know? And it's got a label handwritten, there's something in it, and I'm like, is it something I ordered from eBay and I forgot about? And I open it, it's my passport, and a letter from the home office saying that they're returning all of my things um, and my application stuff. And it's only been five weeks. And I was sitting out in the garden in the student house that had been abandoned that I had recovered. And the garden, I made a nice little garden, which was an overgrown tip. Don't even get me started. There's so much you're not being told here. I don't have time for everything that happened. So the next page, so they're returning my stuff. And then I get to the next page. And it says the first line. Your application for indefinite leave to the UK has been approved. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the garden looking at it and leaning forward going what <laughs> your application for indefinite leave in the UK has been approved what and I read it over and over looking for not but if 
taking, texting my best friend to Ella, remember, she's my rock. And like, now, now, capitals, call me now, taking a picture of it, sending to her. Is this what I said? Did I read it right? And it said I'd get a card later, and I wouldn't believe it. And then until I did, I got the uh, residence permit. And I put it by my bedside. And then after a couple of nights looking at it, wasn't enough. I picked it up. I touched the edges. And it, as soon as I got it, I called and said, can anyone take, can this be taken away from me? So the, um, I've been in fear since I've been here. And, and though what's really good about my ex is that she has the threats and she has the things and she has her own, her own story, yeah. Um, but her follow through was really pretty shite. So that's good news. Um, but the threats are still scary. The looming, you never know what's gonna happen is still scary. Not knowing who to trust in her community that is amongst us that is out in pride, that I get awkward with, and when I see her, I like to think, I'd be like, yeah, I'm here, what you gonna do? But instead, I just feel this sickening fear. So, I made it, I made it across the finish line. And it's like, you know, if, when, when you're running a marathon and you run across the finish line, you got all the adrenaline, I'm just this conjecture on my part, really. But you get across the finish line, yay! And then you sit down and it hurts. I'm, I'm still hurting. It's still, it doesn't just go away, you know? It just doesn't. Uh, to anyone she might know. Because I'm, a I'm afraid of some kind of repercussions. Which are probably really not realistic, but I'm afraid nonetheless. So this is why I'm getting so much time and you're being so lovely. Um, and I still struggle with a lack of trust and I have a thwarted passion for connecting and um, socializing. Um, but I want to tell this tale today in hopes of regaining my freedom and uh, my freedom to celebrate pride without any fear. And I also want to share, it's important that we talk about this and we don't talk about it enough. We don't talk about gaslighting and we look by as these things happen. Um, and if you wanna pick up a power uh, and control wheel to like see, you know, once you start reading it, it's like, oh, that, 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 and that. Um, so, So when I sent that all off, I also applied for the divorce. Members, her follow-through wasn't good, to my advantage. In the same month, I did that, and I wrote, because I now I know what I don't want, and I've had these kind of abuses happen before, where it's like, it's something, but I don't know what it is, so I'd leave, but this time I couldn't, but now I know what it is, so now I know what I don't want. So then I wrote what I do want. What I want my next partner to be the partner. I want my next partner to be my best friend, to be someone who communicates, manages her own, her own emotions, wants to grow and thrive with me and get out of comfort zones and, and be compromising and respectful and dance and laugh and, and love life. I wrote that not knowing <clears throat> in that same month as everything else I had met her at the Octagon Church, the Unitarian Church. Eggs later, she asked me out for coffee. I lost my shit. And after changing my shirt three times before meeting her, really realizing I'm in a lot of trouble here. But I went. And I'm happy to say that come for our work's day, we will have been together three years. And she is... Oh, she is all those things and more. She is the um, 11 secret um, spices. 
<laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> I call her my far-fetched creature. You know her. <clears throat> so it turns out that I did come here for love. I came here for the love of my life. And I, and I tell you what, for my personal freedom and for her by my side, I do it all over again. Thank you. Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.